Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Eye on the Community. I'm Vicki Pepper. History shows that presidential election cycles can affect the stock market, but all bets are off on how market performance in 2021 will unfold given the ongoing pandemic and its overall impact on the economy. Some analysts think President-elect Joe Biden's clean energy agenda could influence a new approach to energy markets, yet others say a divided Congress could bring a boost to fossil fuel companies. Here to discuss with me is risk management and financial engineering expert Andrew Furman. He's also written a book called Risk is an Asset, Turning Commodity Price Uncertainty into a Strategic Advantage. Thank you for joining me. Oh, it's great to be here, Vicki. Thank you for having me. Andrew, what are some principles of risk management strategy that can help companies steer and protect their investments in the coming year? Well, I think that the first thing that any business wants to do in terms of managing risk is to build a process. The most important thing that you can do in terms of that process is is that you're outlining the steps that you're doing to evaluate your business on an ongoing basis. It gives you consistency and helps the business to be proactive about managing their risk as opposed to being reactive. What are the key determinants in deciding when to hedge? Well, every business needs to determine what success looks like for them. In terms of using that process, what you would do is you would determine what is that minimum level of success that you need in that success metric. As just an example, for a budget for a company, it could be revenue, it could be debt to EBITDA, whatever that minimum level is that is going to determine success for that business will be managed and will be observed. And then what you can do is you can have like a feedback loop to kind of you know continually review that and make sure that you're hitting your numbers. And if all of a sudden things kind of dip below, you can make more proactive adjustments in that to make sure that you're going to be uh, able to reach success. With economic uncertainty ahead, what types of investments would be less volatile for businesses? Well, that's going to depend upon what business that you're in. Like, for example, let's say you're a restaurant, you know, making an investment in like an outdoor space patio heater would allow you to stabilize your revenue by staying open during COVID. And so that's the kind of investment that would help to manage your risk and give you less volatility in your revenue and your cash flows. You know, in terms of the business that I'm in, in oil and gas, I think certain clients might have an ability to invest in, in takeaway capacity, meaning that they would have, have maybe perhaps, you know, a, another pipeline to come to have a more reliable outgoing flow for their deliveries. And then that way, they would be able to have more stability and less volatility. I'm speaking with risk management and financial engineering expert and author of Risk is an Asset, Turning Commodity Price Uncertainty into a Strategic Advantage, Andrew Furman. Given that Biden has said that he will make a quick pivot to clean energy, how might a Biden presidency affect the oil and gas industry in the next four years? You know, there are a lot of different things that are going on with the change in administrations. Typically, you would expect there not to be very, very much change, but this will definitely have a a noticeable shift. Uh, There are a few things that are going on. For starters, 
I think that the Biden administration has signaled that they're going to uh, discourage investment in, in U.S. shale and, for example, that they're going to restrict federal land leases for oil and gas shale development. Additionally, there's other kinds of things that might you know, happen during his administration where there might be a nuclear deal with Iran, but that might not happen till like the second half of 21 or the first half of 2022. And so we have to watch on, on that. Additionally, uh, the Georgia runoff in terms of, of the results there could affect the control of the Senate. Effect. And then lastly, there's also environmental regulations that might be affected. But the interesting thing about all of this is, is, is that some of these things actually might help the oil and gas industry, because even though they might harm the company themselves in terms of their ability to grow as much, it actually might limit investment enough so that the price of oil and gas actually went up and that they would be able to get more revenue. How much damage has the pandemic done to the oil and gas industry? It's been a very, very challenging year. There Not only were we affected by COVID, but additionally to that, when the, I think back in March, before COVID really, really hit, what happened was that there was beginning to be a little bit of a price war between Saudi Arabia and Russia, where the two of them couldn't agree on quotas. So the price was actually falling in the months prior to COVID. In the first quarter, we saw spot prices peak at about $65, $66, and then you know, per barrel in crude oil, and then drop down to a, probably about $43, $44. And then when the price war developed, the price went actually down to around $30 or $33. And then when COVID hit, it was like a double whammy and we lost demand. And for example, people were no longer driving to work and they weren't flying on vacation or or flying for business and jet fuel consumption dropped significantly. So with people not buying gasoline or jet fuel, that meant crude oil prices were going down along with it. Uh, In terms of the damage that was done to the industry from that, the fallout is is that there have been bankruptcies and we're seeing consolidation. And and even like, for example, in the refinery industry, we've seen some refinery closures just because of, of so much demand being lost for the processing of crude oil. In this new economy, what factors should companies take into consideration when weighing their market risks? Well, you know, when I think about the new economy, we think about the Internet and technology. So I think that the biggest risk would be in not adapting to this. And I think conversely, what you want to do is you want to make risk an asset. And the way that you can do that is by embracing change and staying ahead of the curve. What this means is is that, you know, you can either match with technology and, and kind of stay current, or you can even perhaps innovate and work on new technologies so that your business can not only survive, but thrive. I've been speaking with Andrew Furman, risk management and financial engineering expert, along with the author of Risk is an Asset, Turning Commodity Price Uncertainty into a Strategic Advantage. Any last thoughts and where can we get your book? Well, our book is available on, on Amazon. In terms of any last thoughts, I would just say to everyone that risk doesn't have to be the kind of negative thing that it's pointed out, you know, always be everyone thinks of risk having a negative connotation and that risk can really, really be a good thing. As an example, we use the metaphor in the book of someone driving to work. And obviously there's risk in driving a car that you can get into an accident, you can have bodily harm. 
there are negative things that can happen, but at the same time, driving a car enhances our lives. It adds meaning to our lives. We're able to meet with family. We're able to go to work. You know, we're able to do the things that we want to do so that we can take on some risk and we just have to manage it. And that by managing risk, we can turn risk into an asset. Thank you so much for speaking with us today.